Welcome to Epic. If you're new, my name's Trent, one of the pastors on staff here. And today we are in part five of our Transform series. And this series is based on one verse in the Bible. It's Romans chapter 12, verse two. And we have been trying real hard to memorize this verse together as a church. So we're gonna see how we're doing today. Kind of like we have been over the past few weeks, but we've taken out even more key phrases out of this verse that we're gonna try to quote out loud together. So is everybody ready for this super exciting pop quiz that we have today? All right, here we go. So I'm going to start. I'll give the first word, and then I'm just going to let you have it. And if you know it, just rock on through it. If you don't know it, just move your lips like lip syncing. You know, it's kind of like Bible verse syncing, I guess. So here we go. Ready? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 starts with don't. Way to go, everybody. And I'm watching William up here reading it off of the Bible card. Cheating in class, cheating in class. Okay, so here we go. We are all going to quote this out loud together. So let's try this one a little different than the last one. So here we go. On the count of three, one, two, three. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So great job. I encourage you to continue to memorize that. When we're memorizing Bible verses, then we add that to the weapons that we have in our minds that we can use as we need them. So you get into a moment like, man, I need truth. I need a Bible verse that can help me navigate the complexities of life. And we have something to reach for. So I hope that you'll keep working on that. Now, we've learned in this series that God wants to transform us into new people, and he starts in our minds. When he transforms how we think, then he can transform other parts of our lives. He can transform our relationships. He can transform our hope. Last week, we looked at transforming our commitments, and today we're going to talk about one of the touchiest subjects for us to talk about when it comes to God transforming something, because we're going to talk about God transforming our stuff. More accurately, we're going to talk about God transforming how we view and how we handle our stuff. Now, let me see how many of you are like me. I don't like people messing with my stuff. Anybody like that? All right, so I'm like that. Um, Here's an example. Uh, In my truck, I've got things kind of put where I want them. I've got my pins where I want them. I got my gum where I want it. I got my little little notepad, uh, you know, the post-it notes where I want it so I can write notes and, and uh, remind myself of things. So I have everything like in my truck where I want it. And then when one of my family members gets in my truck and drives it, they move stuff around and it drives me crazy. Or we'll be riding together and they'll pull the gum out, they'll have a piece of gum and they'll put it somewhere else. I'm like, don't put it there. Well, why not? Because that's not where it goes. 
it goes over there. Now, you may think, well, he's a little OCD. I'm, I'm not. I'm CDO. That's OCD with the letters in alphabetical order. So I have a little bit of that going on for me in my life. Super fun. I don't even like it beyond just people messing with my stuff. I don't like it when people tell me what to do with my stuff. I was like, it's my stuff. You should leave it alone. Here's an example from my marriage. And this hand drill uh, represents a conversation that my wife and I have periodically. It goes something like this. I'll be in my garage working, tinkering and kind of love, you know, that space. I think, hey, the garage is mine. Tammy, you can have the house. I have the garage. So I'll be in the garage working and she'll walk through and she'll stop occasionally and she'll look across the garage at my workbench. When that happens, I know it's time to get my war paint on. So I get my war paint on and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, we're about to have a smackdown here. Tammy will look at my stuff and say something along the lines of, like, do you need all that stuff? Like, can you clean it up? Like, go through it and clean it up. Like, do you really need all that stuff? And of course, guys, what do I say? Yes, Yes, I need my stuff. My my goodness, it's my stuff. I need it. Just, you know, just keep on going. Where are you going? Were you going to the car? Just keep on trucking. Were you going back to the house? Keep on moving. So then she'll say, well, wait a minute, like... Like that thing, she'll point at something like this and she'll say, well, what is that? And when's the last time you used it? I'll say, my hand drill? Like this is the hand drill that I built the kids uh, playground in the backyard with. This is my dad's hand drill. And she'll say, yeah, Trent, like you built that 15 years ago. When's the last time you used it? It doesn't really matter when the last time I used it. Like, it's my hand drill. Like, leave it alone. So I noticed that, okay, strategy's not working real well, so I have to go on the offensive. So I'll say something like, well, what about that pile of stuff in our bedroom? Like, you got a pile of stuff that's been sitting there. Like, why don't you go through that stuff and, you know, like, get rid of stuff you don't need? Now, I know that most likely I'll be sleeping on the couch that night, but at least it's gotten the attention off of my precious stuff. So anybody else have conversations like that in your house? All right, so yeah, a number of you. Super fun conversations, aren't they? So I don't like people messing with my stuff. I don't like people telling me what to do with my stuff. And I even don't like it when God does that. Every once in a while, God will come along and say, hey, Trent, I want you to do this with that thing. And I go, come on, God, like you got like everything else, the universe, you know, like you got the house, like you got it all. Just let me have my stuff. Let me manage my stuff the way that I want to manage my stuff. But here's the reason God wants to transform how we view and how we handle our stuff. It's because God doesn't want our stuff leading us away from him. And it has that possibility. Our stuff has the the, the potential of wrapping its tentacles around our heart and actually drawing us away from God. And we may think like, how's that possible? It's just stuff, but it really is possible. And we'll see that in our first Bible story today. 
So we're going to look at two different Bible stories today. We're going to do a compare and contrast story between two stories that are similar and yet very different, have very different outcomes. We're going to look at two wealthy guys. One wealthy guy is a very religious guy, very faithful, very devoted follower of God. And it looks like on the outside, he is completely transformed. And then we're going to look at a corrupt tax collector who is very wealthy. And it looks like he's probably never going to be transformed. And we're going to see what happens in this, these two stories. So if you are a note taker, I encourage you to take notes. On the back of our announcement sheet, there's a spot for you to take notes. If you're in one of our transformed groups, I encourage you to grab one of our spiritual growth challenges that are at the back of each seating section. You can use that personally. You can also use that in your transformed group, if, again, if you're in one of, one of those groups. So our first story is known as the rich ruler story. Now, this is not a parable that Jesus tells. So so it's not just a story that Jesus makes up and says, hey, let me teach you a lesson from a a made-up story. This is a real guy, a real interaction that Jesus had one day. So Mark chapter 10, verse 17 says this. It says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, good teacher, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. Now, with this statement that Jesus makes, it's kind of a subtle statement, but it is a major declaration. So Jesus pauses and says, "Uh, you've called me good. Only God is truly good. Do you understand who you're talking to? I'm God in the flesh. Like, do you get it? And I don't think the guy got it. I don't think anybody else around him got it. And Jesus moves on in verse 19. He says, but to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. And the man replied, teacher, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Now, from an outward perspective, this guy like, had it all. He was the total package. He had money, he had power, and he had what looked like a great relationship with God. He'd been following God for for much of his life, and it looked like he was a faithful follower of God, and yet Jesus looked beyond the outside appearance, what everybody else could see, and he looked inside his heart, and he recognized there's still something that needs to be transformed. There's a hidden part of of who you are that needs to be transformed, and I want to help transform that. So verse 21 says, looking at the man... Jesus felt, what's the next two words? Genuine Genuine love for him. And we need to hold on to that uh, as this story unfolds, and we need to hold on to it in our own lives. Because the next thing Jesus is going to say to this guy is not going to feel loving. It's going to feel painful. And he's going to wonder, like, how is this a loving thing? Like, wow, you're going to ask me to do something that just seems like impossible to do. Like, you haven't asked other people to do this. Why would you ask me to do this? This is super challenging. And sometimes God does that in our lives. Sometimes God comes along and loves us, 
but he asks us to do something that's very difficult. He allows something to happen in our lives that's very challenging. And there are moments that we wonder, do you really love me? Because this is hard. Like, I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not sure I can handle what you've allowed, what, you're, what you've done, what you're asking. And yet all of that comes from God's genuine love for us because he recognizes in all of us there's still things that need to be transformed. Sometimes there's things that we can't even see that need to be transformed. And I'm not even fully sure this guy recognized that this needed to be transformed in him. So Jesus continued. He says, there's still one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now, it's, it's kind of easy for us to sit on this side of this story and read it and go, oh, okay, well, you know, that, that's what Jesus said. I'm sure that was a little hard. But I want you to imagine that through today's message, Jesus kind of walks in here and slides up next to you and sits down. And through the message, he whispers to you, that's what I want you to do when you go home today. I want you to sell everything and I don't want you to buy more. I want you to sell it all. I want you to give the money to the poor and I want you to come follow me. How many of you are going, I am so glad I came to church today. This is awesome. It's gonna be a great day. Yeah, it would be a very challenging thing. For us, it was a very challenging thing for this man. Verse 22 says, at this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. So Jesus loved this guy, and he looked in his life, and he said, there's something holding you back. There's something holding you back from a, a deeper relationship with me. There's something hidden that other people can't see, and I don't even know if you recognize it, but there's something keeping you from being totally transformed and totally transformed into the new person I want you to be. And it's your stuff. And the sad thing for this guy is he let his stuff lead him away from God because he walked away and we have no indication that he went back and followed Jesus. He walked away from the greatest invitation anyone could ever get because his stuff was more important than God. Same thing can happen for us. You know, sometimes uh, we as Christ followers, if you're a Christ follower, sometimes things are going well. Um, your family's going well. You've got a great relationship with your family. You know, work's going well. Seems like a great relationship with God that you have. And, and all's just kind of going well in life. And yet we're kind of hiding behind that. And maybe God comes along one time and says like, hey, there's still something that needs to be transformed in you. And that can be a real challenging thing for us. And that thing can actually lead us away from God if we're not careful. So... Is there anything that's secretly more important to you than God? Is there anything that might be leading you away from him or keeping you from being totally transformed into the new person that God wants you to be? Is there anything you couldn't give up if God asked you to give it up? Is there anything you wouldn't 
give up? If God asked you to give that up? You know, we'll never know how much something has control over our lives until we open our hands and say, God, you can do whatever you want with the stuff you've entrusted with me with. You can take it. You can put more stuff in. You can take more stuff out. You can do whatever you want. And it's only when we open our hands to the stuff that God's entrusted us with that we recognize what really has control over us. Now, that's our first story. So our second story is found in Luke 19, and it's a story about Zacchaeus, this interaction that Jesus and Zacchaeus had. So 19, uh, Luke 19, verse 1, says, Jesus entered Jericho, and it made his way through the town. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd, So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Now this next picture that's going to come up is a sycamore fig tree actually in Jericho. Uh, That's a tree that our our team saw when we were in um, Israel in uh, January. We got to go through Jericho. We got to see this tree. Now, this isn't a tree that Zacchaeus climbed, but it's a tree like the one Zacchaeus climbed. So he climbs this tree to get a better look at Jesus, in verse 5 says, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name, Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest at your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to the get to be a guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Now, let me tell you, why the people didn't like the fact that Jesus was spending time with Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus was a tax collector and a chief tax collector in that region, and he was a Jew. Now, the Romans ruled over Israel at that time, and they set a tax amount that the Jews need to pay, and they actually hired some Jews to collect those taxes. And they said to those Jewish tax collectors, you can collect as much taxes as you want, as long as you turn in this standard amount for Rome that we require. So Jewish tax collectors would often extort large amounts of money from their own people. They would turn in the taxes to Rome and they would keep the rest. So not only is Zacchaeus a tax collector, but he's a chief tax collector. So he's got other tax collectors under him and they've all become very wealthy off of their own people. So Jews consider tax collectors to be traitors to God and traitors to their own people. So they didn't like the fact that Jesus would go and spend any time with this tax collector. And I think we can understand why they would have a hard time with that. But Jesus comes along and he says, listen, I'm not here just for spiritual people, religious people, people who seem to be following the rules. I'm here for all people. Verse eight says, after Jesus and Zacchaeus have an interaction together at his house, It says, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, do you think he cheated people on their taxes? Yes, he cheated people on their taxes. If I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Now, Zacchaeus isn't saying that just because he's got a religious leader in his house. 
Watch what Jesus says in verse nine. Jesus responds, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Now that's a bold statement from Jesus, which can be very confusing sometimes. So let me explain what Jesus was saying and what Jesus wasn't saying. So Jesus wasn't saying that if you give large amounts of money away, you gain eternal life. He wasn't saying that. Jesus made it very clear in in other parts of the Bible that we only gain eternal life through putting our faith and trust in Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, period. Put a period at the end of that. It's not belief plus behavior. It's belief alone that we get eternal life through. But here's what Jesus was saying. Zacchaeus' behavior proved the transformation that happened in Zacchaeus' mind and his heart. Zacchaeus was so transformed by this interaction with Jesus. He's like, like, I've got to prove it in how I live. So everything I have on my whole life, how I've gotten rich, like I'm willing to give it all away to prove the transformation that's happened. That's the kind of transformation that God wants to see in our lives when it comes to how we handle and view our stuff. He wants to know that none of our stuff has more control over us than we have over it. So let me ask you some questions. Does anything you have have more control over you than God does? Is there anything in your life that that may have more control than God does? Are any of your possessions secretly leading you away from God or possibly keeping you from becoming totally transformed by Jesus? Is God asking you to sell anything or give anything away so he has all of your heart? Are you willing to open your hands and allow God to to do whatever he wants with your possessions? And then at the end of your life, Will you be more like the rich ruler who looked transformed on the outside but wasn't? Or more like Zacchaeus who was totally transformed by Jesus? If you're on uh, social media, let's say Swip Swap on Facebook or Let Go or any one of those sites where you can buy stuff real cheap, like maybe today would be the day to to check that out after this message. Like, people might be selling stuff. (laughs) There might even be a hand drill or something. Somebody gets rid of. All right, listen to the last thing that Jesus said in Luke 19.10. After watching the transformation that happened in Zacchaeus' life, Jesus says, the son of man, he's referring to himself, the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. So in these two stories, who's lost? Both of them. Both guys are lost. We got a religious person who doesn't realize he's lost. He thinks he's transformed. He says, look at me and all the stuff I've done. I've obeyed God all my life. And Jesus puts his finger on the thing and says, that still needs to be transformed. Guess what? You're still a little bit lost. 
You need to be transformed. And then we have Zacchaeus, who's in shock that a religious leader like Jesus would spend any time with him because nobody wants to spend time with him. And he finds out that he can be found. He finds out that he can be transformed by Jesus. So personal application for us. Maybe you're a guest here today. Maybe you're new. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you've walked in here and you're like, you know, some things are going okay in my life, but other things aren't. I don't know that God would ever want to transform me. He does. He's got genuine love for you. He says, I've come to seek and save those who are lost. He wants to transform you. And maybe the thing he wants to transform in your life today is your heart. Maybe you've never given him your heart. Maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you think, like, I don't know that God would ever want my heart. He does. He actually wants to go home with you today. He wants to show you how to transform all of your life. And maybe you're here today, and you're more like the rich ruler. Maybe you've been following God for a long time in your life, and maybe things are going pretty well. You know, you got a a great relationship with God, or so you think. Maybe you've got a great relationship with your family. Maybe things are going well in your finances, and maybe going well in work. And maybe today, Jesus has slipped beside you, and he's whispering in your ear, there's one thing you haven't done yet. There's one more thing in your life that needs to be transformed. So this morning, will you let God transform that? Or will you be like the rich ruler and walk away from Jesus sad, Because something that you have is more important to you than being transformed by Jesus. Now, if you would, please stand with me. We're going to close in a word of prayer. And our worship team is going to come out and guide us in a, a closing song. And this song is called Surrender. I Surrender. And what I encourage everybody to do today is to surrender something to God. Surrender one thing to him. And what I'm gonna encourage you to do, you don't have to do it yet, but I'm gonna encourage you in a moment to hold your hands out like this as we close in prayer. Palms towards the sky where you are going to mentally place something in your hands that you're gonna surrender to God. And maybe that thing is your heart and you're like, man, this is hard. Like, I don't know that I can do this. I don't know that I can surrender my heart to you. And yet God comes along with genuine love and says, if you give me your heart, I'll transform your life today and for all of eternity. Maybe it's a relationship you need to put in your hands. Maybe it's a possession. Maybe it's an attitude. Um, I don't know what you may need to surrender to God. Only you may know that. Um, But I encourage you this morning, surrender that thing to God so that you can be transformed by the creator of the universe who loves you deeply. So if you would, hold your hands out like this as we pray. Palms up. And let's just pray together that God would transform us. So God, this morning... We're closing by, by praying and about to sing the song, I Surrender. And we've learned this morning that there are things, there are possessions, there are relationships, there are things that can get in our way and keep us from following you. Things that maybe we have a hard time even seeing, and yet, God, you can see. So Lord, the stuff that we've been able to identify We put that in our hands and we raise that to you and say, God, we surrender this. We give it to you. We give you permission to do anything you want with this thing. 
You can take it, you can transform it, you can give it away, you can put something else in our hands, Lord, you can do whatever because we want our hearts to be yours completely and we don't want anything subtly drawing us away from you. Lord, someone this morning might be putting their heart in their hand and surrendering that to you. Lord, I just pray that today they would say, I believe that Jesus, you are God in the flesh and you died so I can live and you have genuine love for me and so I wanna receive you as my free gift. Lord, I pray that they would experience that transformation this morning and understand they can be transformed the rest of their lives and for all of eternity. And God, there might be somebody here today, this morning, who who says, you know, I'm not exactly sure what needs to be transformed. God, you can see beyond our outward appearance. You can see into our hearts, you can see into our minds, and you can find that thing that might be holding us back. So Lord, I pray that either through the song or throughout this week, you would put your finger on that thing that needs to be transformed. Make it clear to us. And Lord, we will surrender that to you as we are aware of it. In Jesus' powerful name we pray this, amen.